Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of the Domestic Boyfriends Podcast. My name is Dean. I'm Vincent. And we come to you bearing the most exciting of talking points. I hope you guys stick around for the whole episode. And yeah, today we are going to be talking about something... Something fun, something cool, nothing, something that was something like, fancy, something that brought the 90s uh, to a screeching halt because it's something that we want uh, to happen in media today. It was the war. It's it, before there was Fortnite. Uh, there was the crossover of DC and Marvel uh, with uh, DC versus Marvel number one, which eventually evolved into uh, the Amalgam Comics universe. And that's what we're going to be talking about today. So if you want to hear about that, stick around. And we have a little bit of news. Not too much has happened in between the last time that we uh, did an episode and now, but some interesting things. So, uh, Vincent, if you want to start us out. Oh yeah, for sh- for sure, for sure. Uh, first up, we have an official confirmation about uh one of the projects that the DC uh EU is going to be working on going forward. Uh, the Superman Legacy movie has officially found its director, and it is none other, none other than James Gunn himself. Who would have thought? Yeah. Who said that you can't also be the Still have no idea who's going to be Superman. Yeah. You know, there's a roadmap, but we haven't really defined any of the street cities or populace. But there's a map. I personally hope that it's going to be Geralt of Rivia, Liam Hemsworth. Um, Liam Hemsworth. Yeah. I mean, hey, his... His brother is like a god. He could be like a god. I just wanted to be Henry Cavillman. <laughs> yeah, they. You yeah, have they, a nerd who fits the role and is a good actor and wants to be it. Yeah, kind of dropped the ball on that one. Uh, we also are getting there was the Scott Snyder, Zack Snyder, Scott Snyder. Uh, Zack Snyder tweeted out something about. Uh, Full circle, uh, which it it do we we're assuming that this has to do with the like the current plans with James Gunn. I'm guessing maybe, or, probably. Yeah. I don't know. I I'm I'm confused because like, well, Darkseid hasn't necessarily been made canon for the like going forward DCU, but you know, like anything's kind of possible. Flashpoint Flashpoint doesn't happen for like a little while, so you know, maybe there's some fancy weirdness that's gonna be happening with that. Yeah. Uh from We're the gonna tr- have more info on it what coming April between April twenty eighth and April thirtieth. Yeah. The only thing that the trailer kind of insinuates is obviously like some connection to Dark Side. Uh I kind of got the vibe of it like from the visuals, like maybe like the mother box. Now, in the comics, the Mother Boxes play a much different role than they do in Zack Snyder's movie. Mother Boxes are kind of just like the iPhones of the residents of New Genesis and Apocalypse. Uh, They can create boom tubes. They're like massively knowledgeable and they 
sometimes are sentient and sometimes have the souls of other beings in them. Uh, it's kind of 50-50. Uh, but they're definitely not, uh, you know, the boxes to cr- start Armageddon. Uh, and then there's the father boxes, which are just mother boxes, but made uh, on Apocalypse and stuff like that. But that's what I uh, am deducing from that. So, cool. What do you think the circle is? Do you think it's... Uh, like an orange? Like the sun? The one, the one circle to soothe them all? Is it, um, is it the circle like a ring? Like Green Lantern? Oh, oh, Dark Side's Green Lantern confirmed. That actually kind of happened in the comics already. Oh. He destroyed the central oh. power battery and absorbed all of its energy. Oh, man. Yeah. Comics, they do they do weird stuff. Yes. Got Dark Side being a Green Lantern. Joker being pregnant. Anyway, um, <laughs> moving on. Uh, <laughs> moving on. Keeping along with uh, some news uh, with the comic book industries and stuff, Marvel uh, unveiled a new part of the What If series that's going to be coming out uh, soon, I think. I forgot. Uh, but uh, the name of the new hero uh, that's supposed to appear in What If is, uh, I believe it's pronounced, uh, like, it's pronounced Kahori, or Kahori. Uh, it seems to be a Native American character, with the short synopsis of the Tesseract takes a new life and new mythology, transforming a lake into a gateway to the stars, and leading Kahori, a young Mohawk woman, on a quest to discover her power. So oh. this is uh, in collaboration with Marvel Studios and members of the Mohawk Nation, uh, like Doug, like Doug George, uh, and Cecilia King. They're trying to ensure uh, cultural ethnicity uh, authenticity. So um, that's cool. Yeah, apparently the the episode's going to take place in the Mohawk language uh, with translations. Uh, which is really cool. It's supposed to be a native story that deals with some Marvel stuff. Her design looks pretty cool. Um, just to drop this, drop this in here for you. This is what she, this is what she looks like. This is what she looks like. It looks very, oh, very, very cool. Very tesseract, color coordinated. Uh, whether or Absolutely. not she she kind of gains the abilities like uh, some former women of Marvel have in the past, we're not sure. But yeah, it's pretty interesting. Already confirming something to show up in What If besides uh, the Marvel Zombie stuff, and I think they said some continuations with um, like the storyline with uh, Ultron and everything. <clears throat> Uh, Sweet. Yeah, um, it's round off uh, before we get into some uh, game stuff. We got the final trailer for the Mario film. Uh, super excited about that. Uh, there are a couple things that we see throughout the trailer. I don't know, Vincent, if you want to 
talk about some of the things that you liked from it. Something Fire Donkey Kong. Yes, Donkey Kong. Finally. Finally happened. Yeah. Um, you see them, like, jumping through, like, Mario-esque level, going from the 3D to, like, a, a side-scroller-esque scene, which looks really cool. We get a look at uh, the vehicles, so <clears throat> they're kind of hinting more at the entire Mario franchise, uh, not just, like, Super Mario, the side-scrollers and everything, <clears throat> or the adventure games. <clears throat> oh, my gosh. Uh, so we get like Mario Kart, we see Rainbow Road. Uh, there was one more thing. We got a reference to Ring Fit in there. Yeah. Lu- yeah. We we saw a Luma. Um, reference to Galaxy. Reference to Mario Galaxy. You know, those penguins. was terrifying. Penguins are everywhere, but, you know, it makes me think of Mario 64. So, Yeah. So, excited for that. That is in a couple weeks. April 5th is the day of release. I think it got moved up. I don't remember if it was that initially. I think it had an April 7th date. But uh, I'm going to go see that. We're going to do an episode about that. Very excited for that movie. Yeah, next episode, um, we're going to do a whole Nintendo-themed episode, hopefully. Uh, I'm going to be going to the Nintendo uh, store up in New York uh, at, towards the end of this month, so it would be pretty interesting to see what they have. There's apparently a pair of shoes up there uh, inspired <laughs> from the movie. They have the shoes? <clears throat> yes. A one-of-one oh one pair uh, that is behind glass. Um, also really interesting, apparently a demo for... Uh, Tears of the Kingdom is supposed to be on display there um, and it's supposed to be towards the 27th so closer to when I'm down there so maybe I'll get to be able to play Tears of the Kingdom and bring my opinions god I'm screw you I want to play it so bad hopefully I can just hopefully hopefully I can just steal it JK Nintendo I would never do that hmm uh, anyway, cause their of, kingdom to cry. Yeah. Uh, speaking of video games, look at that segue. Uh, we have a couple anime video games. Look at that. Two categories that we talk about in one. Uh, Naruto X Boruto Ultimate Ninja Storm Generation or Connections Connections uh, coming twenty twenty three a PS four and PS five exclusive. Uh. Should be on PC as well. As well as Nintendo Switch. Nintendo Switch. Okay, the trailer just had those two. Yeah. Uh, So this is to mark uh, Naruto's 20th anniversary, a game that is going to uh, have a storyline from the beginning of Naruto, seemingly all the way up to, uh, like, the Boruto movie or something like that, which is interesting. So it's all the games. (laughs) In one. I'm so excited. I'm I'm saddened by the fact that they are probably going to do what they did with the final uh the final Naruto Storm game that they released. Uh not okay, not the final one, but four. What when they released four, um they had did away with the whole like, you know, open world kind of like 
roaming thing with a very linear story for just the Naruto thing, but there was like side content you could do afterwards. Yeah. That was later added in with like DLC stuff and Boruto's whole section was like that, which was cool, but uh it was the Boruto story, so I didn't play it. Um <laughs> relatable. <laughs> I'm not bitter. Um Yeah, no but it's really exciting. I I have a feeling it's just gonna be mission after mission like it was in four. Um if if it is like, you know, a big open world that we can run around in Konoha. That would be really, really awesome. Uh, I've always loved the Storm games. Nothing's really like captured Konoha as well as like Broken Bonds Konoha, though. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're getting another another Storm game. It's going to play very similarly to all the other ones. We're guessing. Hopefully, it'll have rollback net code. And we can hope that there are some interesting things because there uh, are some interesting differences from the previous Storm games. Because if not, we're just kind of getting the same game. It's true. We are getting the largest Naruto fighting game roster, though, so far. Because we have uh, 124 confirmed returning characters. Um as well as we know that they're, they've said that there's going to be new characters, and we have two, um, two known so far because they announced that uh, the Sage of Six Paths and his brother are going to be playable characters from the beginning. Uh, it's not that; it's his kids. Oh, it's his kids. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> It's so sad. Yeah. Uh, it's um, going to have Boruto in it and just his kids. That's going to be a bad game. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, on the flip side, uh, we got a new uh, Dragon Ball game. We got yes. Dragon Ball Z Budokai Tenkaichi 4. No gameplay no whatsoever. A little thing showing us Goku is in the game. It's confirmed Goku is in the next Dragon Ball game. Uh, great to hear that from Toei. Uh, but yeah, a new Budokai game. Uh, I think everybody was getting comfortable with uh, Xenoverse 2 releasing updates still, and uh, them patching uh, Dragon Ball Fighters. but we're getting a new game. And it's not Xenoverse 3. So. I'm so excited. Much like the Naruto Storm games, uh, Another game that I like grew up playing and was easily one of my favorite, if not my favorite, fighting game growing up was Budokai Tenkaichi 3. Uh, also, having what still the second largest fighting game roster just behind Tobol 2, I think. Yeah, I think uh, something like that they included, because like, the movie they included the movies. They had 161 playable characters in Budokai Tenkaichi 3. Yeah, it, it was, it's the Budokai Tenkaichi, of course. Uh, yeah. Kind of, kind of get them all in. You can play as you can even play as a rail. Oh, everyone loved Doctor Slug. Everybody loves Slug Slug. I'm very excited to see what they're doing with it, though. It, but since Xenoverse has like had so much success and whatnot, there was 
truly probably like zero thought in like anyone's head that you know that this would ever happen Mm -hmm. um but like you know anything's possible now yeah um i'm excited to see i'm excited to see some of the the newer characters like the super characters in it um Mm -hmm. and how far they take goku's forms in this game oh absolutely um you're trying to you're trying to do go for a grab and then ultra instincts just like sorry i'm on the other side of the field the first note plays yeah um yeah but i i, I don't really have any we we really didn't come in here with a bunch of news but uh we do have a lot to talk about it's true uh, I do have two more things to bring up. Yeah, of course. Of course. Yeah. So we talked about it. We were super excited for it. Oh. Super <laughs> hopeful for it. Um, and it wouldn't be a new segment if I, I didn't bring up something sad. Um, unfortunately, the Suicide Squad kills the Justice League amid all of the major backlash that has been happening for it has been delayed until later this year. No exact time period for it. No month or date given. Um, they've all that's been said so far is that it's like to fix bugs and other things like that and just give them the time they need to truly finish polishing up the game. Um, I can understand people's concerns and like semi hatred towards like, you know games with battle passes and live service games and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I truly don't see what the harm was going to be since it was purely cosmetics and they announced that like they were going to be giving us more characters and ways to play the game for free later. Yeah. All we can do, I don't know, all we can do is hope for the best. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Hope for the best and hope that delays mean that stuff is getting fixed and not things are changing too too crazily. Yeah. I just wish we could have a game just come out and not have it ever say, oh, we need to delay it. I can understand and I appreciate them wanting to take time to make a finished product. And it's also like I don't make video games. I I don't know how hard it is uh, and what kind of like bugs and stuff can happen and just pop up close to the end. But it seems like almost every single major release nowadays has has to have the whole, oh, we're delaying it. Yeah, kind of talk. It's sad, but yeah, I mean, sometimes it's for the better. That's true. But um, what what else did you have? You said one more thing. You oh said yes. two, two things. What, what is it? Is one piece of news to rule them all? One piece. Um, we had a very exciting so. 
I believe we've talked about it like once before. Um, okay. On the podcast, at least. Dean and I both love. Like, you guys know we love games, but we love a very specific card game. And it's not just Yu Gi Oh! Uh, we actually quite love Magic the Gathering. And we had our first look at the Lord of the Rings. Mag- it's still so weird to say it, the Lord of the Rings Magic the Gathering set that is coming out later this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, in about, like, what, three months' time. Um, and. I'm not going to bore anyone with the details. This isn't necessarily like a card game podcast and whatnot. But one thing that I thought was really interesting and I wanted to bring up was that recently Magic has started doing like serialized cards here and there, um, which can like, which has garnered like pretty high sale points of cards as well as like just collectability. Um, For this set, they're doing another run of serialized cards where they're they're gonna have different artworks for the card soul ring um they're for the different rings of the different races in in lord of the rings Mm -hmm. there's gonna be serialized from zero to from one to three hundred uh serialized versions for the ring that was given to the elves all of these cards are going to be written in Elvish as well for the language. Um, there's going to be zero. Uh, there's going to be one to seven hundred for the dwarves, and then one to nine hundred for the humans. These cards, um, when it was a super playable card before, like I think number one for the old card Worm Coil Engine sold for like upwards of like fifteen uh, fifteen hundred dollars, if not more. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In exclusively English collector boosters or the collector booster uh, sample pack that is included in like $50 bundles for this set, there is a one of one card. Yes. It is a full art uh, serialized one of one version of the card, the one ring. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is a standing offer. I don't remember who it was, and I couldn't find who it was that has had the offer. But there is a standing offer from at least one person, and I think they're undervaluing it. There's a standing offer from one person for one Bitcoin for this card so far. That's crazy. With how crazy... Um nerds are for collectibles and especially any kind of collectible that has to do with Lord of the Rings and something like this where it's a collectible of Magic the Gathering Mm -hmm. where things like Black Lotus exist I think truly by the end of it this is going to be a card that will sell for six figures yeah it (laughs) would not surprise me at all it's a it's a pure collector's item that that honestly i i'm not surprised and yeah. there's also this nagging suspicion in the back of my head that terrifies me the idea of it but there is going to be somebody who doesn't know anything about magic the gathering that is going to get into the game 
because of this. Go to Walmart and either buy one of those weird, uh, really big package, but just holding one collector booster pack or a bundle. Get this card and think, oh, this is really cool. Not do any research on it and then play it, play with it unsleeved on their kitchen table for five years. <laughs> and then just destroy it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It, how do you even, how do you, do you just hope and pray that somebody eventually gets it? Yes. Because, like, what if it, what if it doesn't? What if it gets, what if, what if nobody opens it? What if somebody buys a pack, right? And then, yeah. and then, then it's in their car, right? It's in a, it's it's in a bag under their car, right? And then they're moving so fast that their bag opens up and it falls underneath their seat, right? And then they go to wherever they are, and then their car gets stolen, right? And then, and then the the, the stolen car gets impounded. Uh, the impound lot doesn't, they don't see it, so it's, it goes in like the crusher. There is a chance that we will never ever see this card in existence. Yeah. And if I get it, there is a chance. And if I get it, guys, I'm never going to tell you. If I get it, then my microphone is going to suddenly sound a lot better out of absolutely nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to sound like I'm right next to you. Yes. Yeah. That's I wish I was a bigger Lord of the Rings fan and I have nothing against it. I love Lord of the Rings. I love money more. <laughs> I'm going to be real. Like you can with the Bitcoin offer alone, you can pay off the mortgage on a house. Yeah. Or invest for a, for a card. Yeah. Or invest. <laughs> yeah. I think a house is a pretty good investment. I don't know about you. Yeah. I don't know. No, you're completely right. Or invest. Um, yeah. Or invest. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's it for all, for our news section. Let's move on to today's topic, the Amalgam Comics. So, <laughs> back, back <laughs> in 1996, DC Oof. and Marvel thought... Hey, February 1996. Actually, uh, it's probably before then, but February 1996, we got we got DC versus Marvel issue number one. Which uh, I'm pretty sure it was just like it it, it. it literally was. It was a it was a gauntlet style. Uh, it's, it's it was like Record of Ragnarok, but DC versus Marvel. Uh, 90s comics were at its peak. Uh, I'm surprised Superman didn't have a mullet back here. Uh, but it was a comic book pitting uh, Marvel versus DC because uh, of a couple things. So the uh, origins of the Amalgam comic uh, started uh, apparently way before uh, time itself. So, uh, in the lore, 
whether it's canonical <laughs> I love or this not. So much. I love uh, it so much. The Marvel and DC universes are physically represented by two beings, just called the brothers, right? And they they've been asleep for a very long time, and they wake from their cosmic slumber. And become aware of each other. And as soon as that happens, they're just they're just kind of at each other's necks. Um, and from preventing... Uh, to prevent this... Uh, they, they pit the, the warriors. Not just, not just random people. The superheroes of their, of their Earth. Uh, and, and villains as well, I believe. Uh, and other questionable people. Uh, to fight against each other in a tournament-style bracket. Uh, all of this is uh, being, like, kind of coordinated with this guy uh, called Axel Asher, a.k.a. Axis, uh, who is supposed to be the, like, gatekeeper um, bet- uh, between this, this anomaly happening. Um, and so that, that's like the, that's the, that's the everything beforehand, right? Uh, apparently DC and Marvel with their crazy aspects of their gods and their entities and stuff, uh, just have two actual physical beings that are, is the incarnations of their universes. Um, so, I love that they look like GoBots. <laughs> it it makes me giggle. They <laughs> just see them. They definitely do. Um, but so where it, that's kind of the the beginnings of where this whole event starts. I'm pretty sure this lasts for like a couple. What is this? This lasts for like. Half a year. I'm pretty sure... This happens for a while. I'm pretty sure the end of the Amalgam Comics isn't until the end of, like, 96. Like It, happened it actually took place over the course of uh, April through May. April through May. So of Amal- 1996. It was a four-issue four series. Yes, Amalgam did. But the storyline itself started back in February with DC vs. Marvel. So, that that's literally yeah. what, that's a six month, January, February, March, April, May, five month span of this happening. Pretty decent, uh, comics wise. But the fact that it took it, it was both companies cooperating together. Um, Axel Asher Ax- Access is owned is co owned by both companies. I just want to bring that up, but. The, uh, the, the way that it goes down is uh, they had, like, a voting system um, to determine the matches, uh, which may or may not have been, like, rigged by the writers. And there were, like, apparently, like, controversial victories, like uh, how Storm beat Wonder Woman and how Wolverine uh, beat Lobo. Um... And 
it instead of instead of you know one universe destroying the other uh they decided to do uh what was correct and the specter and the living tribunal combined the universes together taking two souls and making them each one a two two or more souls actually because there's a lot of these amalgamations that are just like five people together um and then we get what is known as the the amalgam universe um where do we begin <laughs> uh well we can begin with the fact that uh there were only two characters uh in the amalgam universe that knew uh about the merge um yeah, yeah. And so, they fought against each other to be able to reverse the merge. You had access, and then easily the strongest character that I've ever heard of in my life for a comic book, Doctor Strange Fate, which is a mixture of Doctor Fate, Doctor Strange, and Professor Xavier. Yeah, it's... So, the way that it, like, goes down in the Doctor Strange fate uh, in his issue is that he he calls together uh, he calls he he calls oh for, for one he doesn't he doesn't do a lot he, he tells somebody to do it so yeah his <laughs> so uh, he actually has uh, a what is it he has, uh, so, normally, Doctor Strange has, like, uh, has Wong, not Wong, uh, who, what's his assist, what's his, like, what's this guy's name, I forget. Uh. Wait, which character? It's not Wong, Wong's not his thing. Uh, the guy who's with, the guy who, like, is his servant. He's, like, the servant of the Sanctum Sanctorum. I literally had it up in my face earlier. Um, I forget. Anyway, he he gathers together three three strong. Uh, I was gonna say magical people, but they're some. They're not even magical people. They're superhumans, uh, mm -hmm. and it's. Bruce Banner, the Skulk, Jade Nova, uh, also known, uh, oh, Jade Nova, who is uh, Frankie Reiner, uh, and the White Witch, also known as Wanda Zatara. Now, some of those uh, sound very familiar. Uh, we're going to get through these, I promise. Um, the Skulk is Bruce Banner, the Hulk, uh, and Solomon Grundy. Uh, he he kind of just looks like Solomon Grundy when he transforms. Uh, we have Jade Nova, who is a combination, uh, between Kyle, uh, I think it's supposed to be Kyle Rayner. Her name is Frankie Rayner. It's between, uh, Kyle Rayner and I believe it's just Jade. No, it's, it's Jade and Nova. 
Nova, that's who it is. Mm-hmm. Nova, who is Frankie Ray in Marvel, who... Uh, do you want to know her backstory? Sure. So, her father uh, was... Uh, Tom, uh, her, her stepfather, I believe. Yes. Her stepfather, uh, was Phineas Horton, right? Phineas Horton, uh, what was he? He had to do with the creation of the original, yeah, he was, I think he was the creator, yeah, mm mm-hmm. He was the creator of the original Human Torch, Jim Hammond. Uh, And (laughs) you want to know her superhero origin story? What? So so she... uh, So when Thomas, Thomas Ray, found out about Johnny Storm, he got pissed, right? Because he was just like, I created the Human Torch. Like, you're just taking his name, right? So... uh, the government shut down his project of like his research. Um, and he put the, and this is actually what happened to the human torch after a while. Uh, they just got his equipment and the human torch got put in the warehouse. Um, and Frankie, Frankie Ray went to the warehouse and was carrying, carrying chemicals with her called Horton cells. Right? Horton cell? Pim particles? Horton cells. Uh, Horton cells are a synthetic replica of human cells using plastic and carbon polymers. This is what gives the human torch, Jim Hammond, the first one, the ability to, like, combust and be, like, on fire. Ah. So... And apparently, uh, so they're, the, they're artificially made, but are compatible with humans and apparently have the ability to activate latent mutant in, in human physiology, which I believe is how we're getting deep into some Marvel lore here. But Jim Hammond had a, had a son, right? Uh, didn't actually have a son, right? But uh, Jim had a son uh, who, what's Jim's, Jim Hammond's son's name? Uh, his son's name is Thomas Raymond. So Thomas is actually an inhuman, right? So he, um, he was in the... Uh, he was in the employment of uh, Mr. Horton, and I believe it was these cells that would later activate his latent inhuman abilities. Not a Terrigen Mist. But that is a totally different thing. Uh, but she, she got doused in the chemicals and burst into flames. Uh, very... <laughs> Very uh, Barry Allen-like, except minus the lightning bolt. Um, but she got doused in Horton cells, along with chemicals, and was able to uh, use these uh, human torch-like powers 
uh, to, to be a superhero. So, yeah. But, so this is, uh, this is Frankie Rayner, though. So, uh, can you, can you guess the other half? Other half? Yeah, her other half. Kyle Rayner? Yeah, Kyle Rayner. She has a Green Lantern ring. Yep, that was pretty easy. Our our lovely, lovely boy, better than Hal Jordan. Yeah, we gotta love. We love Kyle. Uh, so that that's the the third person. The, the the third person is way easier to explain. Uh, uh, the White Witch, Wanda Zatara. It's Wanda Maximoff and uh, Zatanna Zatara. Um, two very magic, very powerful magic users, very powerful witches in each of their universes. Honestly, if they did it now, I think White Witch would probably be on par with whatever Doctor Strange fate would be at the moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that's that's just up to me. Uh, so we get we get the we get them f- trying to find Axel or Access. Uh, they do a couple things. They bring him back to. I believe it's still called the Sanctum Sanctorum. Uh, I could be wrong. The Tower of Strange Fate. Never mind. Uh, I am wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he goes back to the Tower of Strange Fate, uh, and uh, Strange Fate reads. So th- the entire time since it's explained that in Strange Charles Xavier's existence. Uh, they just used Charles's name and then gave him the title Strange Fate. It's kind of weird, but it, it's been. It was noted that in his existence, he always felt like there was something odd about the universe, like something just wasn't right. And <laughs> once he reads Axel's mind, he's like, "Oh, okay," because Axel has the memories of before the Amalgam universe existed, and he's like, "Oh, okay, I understand it." But he also sees that Axel is trying to separate the universes to what they were previously. And Dr. Strange fates just like, Oh no, we can't do that. He's just like, Oh no, 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 no. Don't, don't separate these universes. He's like, I, I have to be the protector of this, of these universes. That's, that's what he was tasked with when he was created in the amalgam universe. So where Dr. Strange fate wants to, or where Axel wants to separate the universes, Doctor Strange Fate wants to keep them together. Uh, so that's that's like a. I want to say that's the whole main storyline for when the Amalgam Comics exist. Is that there there are people who want it to separate, and there are people that want it to stay together, and then there's people that are like. Fuck all if I care. Uh, and, um, yeah, so besides that, there's that, that's like the overlying, uh, thing that's happening. But in between that, there are intertwined stories that yeah, you just want to grab one <laughs> to talk about it, or, <laughs> uh, I mean, you know me. I I love Batman, but there's only one thing that can truly improve Batman, and that's 
mixing him with Wolverine to create Dark Claw. <laughs> yeah. Let's talk about Logan Wayne for a minute. Um, so, in the legends of Dark Claw, as the, as the, uh, series was called, um, Dark Claw is tracking down, uh, his arch nemesis, Hyena, uh, which I think is just a character in DC now, but I'm not, I can't remember, um, but this version of Hyena is uh, a mixture of Joker and Sabretooth. Yeah. Um, Quite the combination, by the way. Uh, after tracking him down, uh, he tries to apprehend him, but uh, unfortunately, uh, some of Hyena's goons... Uh, managed to stop him, uh, letting letting Hyena get away, um, and Dark Claw actually having to be rescued by his sidekick, uh, Sparrow, who is a mixture of Robin and uh, Jubilee, who is a character that I keep forgetting exists. Yeah, um, we I, don't see her. She's often a, she, she's anymore. an she's an a. So she's an original. I believe she's originally from the night from the X Men animated cartoon. Um, in the comics, she really doesn't. She she had some more like early two thousands things. She was a vampire for a while. Uh, lost those powers. Died a couple times. Uh, got Mpox. So she lost her mutant abilities. Actually, uh, she she was one of the mutants who didn't. Uh, quote-unquote, survive M-Day. Uh, but from that, she just kind of lived a normal life. She adopted a baby. Um, yeah, I think her son's name is Chogo or something like that. She adapted a, adopted a Chinese baby. Uh, she's more relevant in the current comics because her son, uh, on Grakoa, uh, the mutant nation, uh, she, she lives there. She has Her friends are obviously there. Uh, but she got wound up in uh, the stuff with Excalibur, with going to Otherworld. And if and if you don't know, uh, we're gonna. We're, I'm just gonna be into a bunch of tangents this episode. Uh, but if you don't know what Otherworld is, uh, it's literally Arthurian lore and legend. It, it's canon in Marvel. It's just a separate universe. Um, and technically the stories of uh, King Arthur on the Round Table existed. Uh, they kind of inspired medieval Europe, but they exist in their own universe that also kind of sits at the center of the universe, or uh, the center of the multiverse, sorry. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, her son uh, apparently was predisposed to magic and became a fucking dragon. Uh, so he was helping out in Otherworld for a long time uh, over there in fucking Arthurian land. Uh, and was a dragon. So, yeah. And apparently that's his true form is a dragon. So that's what Jubilee's doing. She's a, she's a dragon mom. Interesting. Yeah. All right. <laughs> the more you know. Yeah, for sure. 
I don't think this um, version of I don't think Sparrow's supposed to be any specific Robin. If anything, I think she's obviously supposed to be uh, a reference to the Dark Knight. Um, eh, uh, I forget her name. It's coming to me. Well, this is, um, the Robin that that Jubilee gets mixed with is Tim. Is it stated to be Tim? I believe so. I think he was the Robin at the time, at the very least. Okay. Um. Because I think. That... Although it might have been Dick. I don't think it was Dick. Though. No, because he's Nightwing. Right, he's Nightwing. Now. Yeah, I mean, it might have. It honestly might have been. Uh... Yeah, yeah. Obviously, it honestly could have been her. Uh, when did when did the dark <laughs> the dark night graphic model? Because the dark night released back in. Dark Knight released back in... Yeah, it was in 86. Yeah, I think she's very much like a reference to Carrie Kelly. Yeah. In, in a way. You can kind of see it. Oh, for sure. For sure. But it probably, um, probably was Tim. But after... Uh, they... <laughs> After Sparrow saves Darkclaw, they fly back to their base, the Barrow. Um, and oh, I found uh, it. Sorry to cut you off. It's a uh, mix. Okay. Doctor Strange Fate uh, thing is Wong. I forgot that Doc. I forgot that Wong is like Doctor Strange's like handmade in the comics. Um, his Doctor Charles Xavier, Doctor Strange Fate's servant is Mix, a mixture between Wong and Mr. Mixaplex. Yeah. Yeah, we can go on. Go ahead. Um... Sorry. Uh, yeah, so they go back to the Barrow and then um, have an unexpected visitor of the Huntress, who is a mixture of, uh, get this, the Huntress, whoa, and Carol Danvers. Um, huh? Yeah. Um, I mean, <laughs> I get I mean, I guess if it's supposed to be, like, I, I guess it's Carol from 96, so it's, it's very much, it's, it's not, I, it's fresh, fresh cap, fresh Miss Marvel, like, I'm pretty sure in 96, Marvel was still alive. Yeah, because he's in, he's in this, so yeah, yeah, I guess, I guess it's her. Yeah. That's interesting. Um but she uh she was trying to track down leads on the hyena whose name is Creed Harlan Quinn. Um nice, nice. And finds uh 
the suits of Darkclaw and Sparrow <laughs> in an open, uh, so in an open fucking closet. Um. <laughs> yeah, and and then um. For whatever reason, Darklaw decides, okay, I'm going to trust this person after they tussle for a quick second and uh, gives us the backstory that he had enlisted in a uh, in a program with a friend of his back in the day, which gave him his powers, but also created the hyena out of <laughs> out of his friend. And he's now just devoted his life to stopping crime, but also trying to stop his friend from being a, you know, psychopath. Uh, uh, that that backstory, um, as touching as it is, uh, is neither of those characters' backstory. No, it's not. Um, but uh, <laughs> like even remotely, they uh end up tracking down um the hyena to. An Air Force base where he's about to try to load a plane and just crop dust Gotham with uh, a deadly dust? poison. And um, they, uh, Dark Claw manages to um, stop him while they're in the air jettisoning the poison uh, without it releasing, um, as well as himself and the hyena. And that's kind of where it ends <laughs> yeah it's um man that's that's great that's great look at i i <laughs> they definitely made something of its own there the uh, the design of dark claw is so, so cool. <laughs> it's so outrageous in the 90s like it's straight 90s dude it's I like how the claws, like, are supposed to be batterings, and, like, the mask and his face. It's so crazy. He kind of just looks like a bumblebee halfway down the suit, but still. Like, A little bit. And I think they took this from, what was this, 96? They definitely took Azrael's design for the for Batman in, oh, yeah. into this look. Even his, his face is just a bat. His face is just a bat. This man. His is face a bat. is just a bat. His mask ha- gives him mud and chops. Um, it does. Oh my god. He's he. He's perfection. <laughs> it's so interesting. Sparrow is quite literally just Jubilee in a Robin costume. Hyena makes me very uncomfortable because it's very much just the Joker. Um. But where, whereas, like you know, Craven, um, has like, um, has like a cloak that he wears or whatever, like a tiger skin thing on his back or whatnot. He, the hyena, just has green hair going down his back. Well, this is supposed to be saber tooth, right? Oh, sorry, saber tooth. Yeah. yeah, not Craven. Um. Yeah, it's kind of weird. Craven. No, no, sorry. <laughs> I, I'm thinking about Spider-Man. Um, We're getting But, there. like, 
Yeah. Um, but like still doesn't make me feel any less uncomfortable about him. Um <laughs> the green down his back is so off-putting and then seeing this like scary guy with with like these terrifying claws and then him just using a gun instead <laughs> is kind of weird. Um it's so it's so odd. Also like the story of him them being friends that's that's just out of left field. I mean I can believe it in some cases, but it's supposed to be the Joker. And him and Batman, you know, their relationships like I mean, the Joker is pregnant, but that's besides the point. Sabretooth and Wolverine are are kind of like half brothers, if anything, because of his origin. Um, yeah. But man, let me let me tell you what. If I <laughs> if if it was me, if I was reading this, imagine this being your first introduction to comics, right? And you're just like, wow, I really want to see what makes up these this character, right? And you're just like, wow, what, why, why does he care so much? Neither of these characters care about their villains this much. In fact, Wolverine wants to kill Sabretooth every time he sees him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What about Huntress? Let's look at Huntress. Huntress. It's just it just it's it's, it's just, it's just blonde Huntress. Carol. It's just Carol wearing the outfit. She doesn't even have any of her powers. They took Carol Danvers before she went to the wishing machine, and they were just like, "Yeah, that works." Um, yeah, she has aviation skills apparently. Um, of course she does. She can fly. No, like yeah, about <laughs> it. Um, we have a couple interesting ones. I think we can start. Let's do. This one's pretty deep. Uh, this one's pretty deep. Also, uh, the justice. The uh, oh my god. Uh, I, Dark Claw is a member of the JLA. Uh, you know what the JLA stands for? The Justice League of Amalgam. The Judgment League Avengers. Oh my God! Um, obvi- pretty obvious what that that's made of. Uh, but the the Judgment League Avengers are led by the one and only Super Soldier, who is the a very obvious amalgam between Superman and Captain America. Whose backstory, honestly, like, I kind of like it. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's a very decent mix of both of their backstories, where Clark Kent is, honestly, I think it's supposed to be that he is, what is it? He is, uh, this is during World War Two. uh, they're trying to fight uh, the Yahtzees, uh, being being led by uh, Green, the Green Skull. Um, and from that, uh, they create the they have the, the Super Soldier Program, quite literally named, uh, not just uh, called the Super Soldier Program. 
and the basis of the super soldier serum is that they found the corpse of an alien from a from a from a landing space pod and they decided you know what we should do we should make that in we should put that in a tube and uh have injected into somebody so they made the super soldier serum out of uh this this formula and also for some reason had solar radiation administered uh very similar to how like in captain america like they had like the machine and everything like that that they had uh fuck what's his name i just want to say chris evans Steve Rogers, they put Steve Rogers in, uh, giving in this altered formula from what we're used to gives Clark Kent the abilities of seemingly a Kryptonian. Um, yeah. Oh my gosh. I forgot about this. He was a member of the all-star winners society, also known as the all-star winners squadron. Which I think we're just supposed to be the JSA. Yeah. Lex Luthor is the green scroll. The green skull. I keep wanting to say scroll. Um, and uh, so he. It's pretty much just like the political campaign of World War Two, uh, except they gave, uh, they gave the powers. Of, uh, of Superman to, uh, a man, and he just, like, kind of wiped them out. Uh, there is a fight between, so Jimmy Olsen gets kidnapped. Jimmy Olsen gets kidnapped. Lex Luthor, Lex Luthor, the Green Skull, kidnaps him. And what is the name? Fucking Ultra Metallo is what uh, the Green Skull uses to fight off the fight off um, Super Soldier. And from that, that's how uh, Super Soldier Clark Kent's body gets frozen in the ocean, uh, only to be thawed out in the like the future by the JLA and everything like that. But he has a sh he pretty much has all of Superman and uh, Captain America's abilities all together, but um, yeah he um he, he he has a cool design he's like Captain America but he has the Superman shield and he also has the underwear on the outside of his suit. So. <laughs> but he he leads into a whole bunch of stuff because. This whole thing, uh, very, very similarly to how in the comics that um, Captain America himself and the Super Soldier program leads into like Weapon X, like Weapon 1 is Captain America. I don't know if you guys knew this. Weapon 10 is Wolverine. Um, so, uh, and if you didn't know, X-23 is the 23rd experiment derived of the Weapon X experiment. So, just uh, just some Marvel facts right there. Um, so, the experiment was created by... was created by the American government under Cadmus, 
pretty familiar name for the people who know DC. And I believe it was run um, by Thunderbolt Ross. I believe it was run by Thunderbolt Ross. Um, this is going to lead into... Do you think that this is your favorite character? Vincent? Maybe? Um, we get, we get, uh, fuck, what the fuck is his name? (laughs) What is his, what's his actual name? Sorry. Uh, Um, I'm getting it. Um, we get, um, his fucking name is Peter Ross. What the fuck is this? Um, we Spider get, Boy? Yes, Spider Boy. His name is Peter Ross. I just couldn't get that. I, whose last name is Ross? Oh, he gets taken in by Thunderbolt Ross. That's why. Okay. So, the Project Cadmus was the attempt at creating a clone of uh, Super Soldier, Clark Kent. Uh, very similarly, how to all of the Weapon X projects uh, led to trying to recreate Captain America with all the failed attempts and all the different things that they did, uh, along with Project Cadmus, which was created to uh, fight off threats that the Justice League may pose slash not be able to deal with, uh, which included a cloning experiment of Superman's DNA uh, originally with Lex Luthor's DNA, but this version of Project Cadmus was to create a clone of Super Soldier with the ability to create, to control gravity. Um, which, this is the most Peter Parker fucking thing I've ever seen in my life. When a young... Oh my god. Um, so Peter Parker dies... Peter Parker is a researcher, right, uh, in Project Cadmus. He, 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 like, what is, what does he do? He just, like, walks into it. He, like, walks into the experiment or something like that. If you look at the comic panel, it kind of just looks like the, exper- the explosions coming behind him, and it's just, like, it's fucking hell. Um, but the cloning experiment incidentally creates a clone of him um, that has the gravity control uh, powers and I believe he has uh, some of the abilities of uh, Super Soldier. So, um, and he is taken in uh, by Thunderbolt Ross who is just, he, I, I think he's supposed to be an amalgam of Amanda Waller uh, and Thunderbolt Ross, but he's literally not, it's just Thunderbolt Ross. It's Thaddeus T. Thunderbolt Ross that's not the Red Hulk. Um, so, yeah, he uh, is given the name Peter, and he takes Thunderbolt Ross's last name. Um, yeah, a- apparently uh, General Ross was killed by a mugger, so that's his, uh, 
his whole thing with uh, power and responsibility right there. But he uses a web gun. That's the coolest part about him. He uses a synthetic <laughs> web gun. It's so stupid. He's also a photographer so still. Um, yeah, I think this is, I think it's really cool because this is during the 90s. And mm-hmm. it's, it's a clone. You know what's happened in the 90s? The clone, the clone saga. Uh, yeah. He, one of the coolest things that come out of the 90s was Superboy with a leather fucking jacket. Um, and they combined the two together. So this isn't actually Peter Parker. This isn't an amalgam of Peter Parker. Peter Parker in the amalgam universe is a fucking scientist that explodes. And out comes his clone, Peter Ross, um, who is a amalgam of Connor Kent, uh, the clone of Superman and Lex Luthor, who's pretty much an amalgam character on his own, uh, and Ben Riley. So it's it's eight. It's not technically an amalgam of those two characters, but that's what it's supposed to be. It's since both of them are clones of these people. Um, that is what Spider Boy is. Honestly, Spider Boy has one of the solidest designs out of all the amalgam universe. I I kind of wish that this Marvel Marvel actually has used him uh, before. Marvel has used Spider Boy in into the in the Spider Verse comics previously, um, and he still does use a web gun, but he because he kind of is his his backstory is more tied in with a lot of Marvel related things. Uh, he doesn't necessarily uh, have to be tied back too much with uh, any of the DC stuff. And I, Marvel was the one who released it, so I think they're the ones... They don't have, like, co-owned uh, rights with this character. Um, mm-hmm. Also, his villain was Bazarnage, who is an amalgam between Bizarro and Carnage, which I don't think... Does Venom... Does Venom have an amalgam? Um, I don't think so. It's just bizarreage. Um, no, Venom did have one. Uh, Venom. <laughs> His name is Bane Simpson. <laughs> uh, Venom had a uh mixture with Bane. Is this supposed to be... No, this isn't... No, no, sorry, that's... This is between Bane and Nuke. Right. So, oh, and Venom is the... Venom's just the thing that oh, Bane takes. Oh, Venom doesn't exist, does yeah. so, oh, Spider- oh, he? Yeah. So... Oh, Bizarro. He fights Bizarnage, which is... Bizarro is a... Bane Simpson. Bizarro is... Bizarro sometimes a cl- a bad clone of Superman and is sometimes like a whole different universe version of Superman from like Bizarro Earth, which is like a, its whole other thing, where everything is reversed. Yeah, but uh, and then Carnage, which is the spawn of Venom, so uh, who was a pretty prevalent character because I believe Maximum Carnage was going on at this time, so. 
definitely pretty relevant that Carnage was it. But within Cadmus, like, they're like a subsection of S.H.I.E.L.D. We also get introduced to the Fantastic Four, who aren't the Fantastic Four, kind of. Um, the Fantastic Four are called the Challengers of the Fantastic, and are an amalgamation of the Fantastic Four, and I think they're just called, I think they're called like the Challengers of, the Challengers of the Unknown, which was this random ass DC thing. They're called the Challengers. They, they kind of just look like... They honestly just kind of look like dudes in suits that... They don't look very interesting. Um, but these versions of the Fantastic Four don't really... I don't even think most of them have their abilities. Um, the thing is the thing... Uh, Johnny doesn't even have his abilities. Sue, Sue Storm's called Ace Storm. Uh, and, and apparently is still fucking having an affair with Namor, uh, who is called the Aquamariner. Uh, and she doesn't really have his abilities, but for some reason, fucking, what's his name? I like that their names are Prof. Ace, Red, and then Rocky. Yeah, Rocky Forearms. Um, who is a two-fisted senator? What in the world? Yeah, I... I, I don't There's know. so many wacky characters. They fight Galactiac, which is terrifying because it's a mixture of Galactus and Brainiac. <laughs> yeah, that's actually incredibly terrifying. <laughs> Such a scary idea. Um, there's just so many different characters. There's Red Vision, which is a combination between Red Tornado and Vision. There's... Do you know about JLX? JLX. So JLX is the mixture of Justice League International and the X-Men. Um, and it honestly potentially has my favorite character in the whole amalgam. Please tell me um, it's, please tell me it's Mr. X. N no, it is okay. not Mr. X. Although Mr. X is very awesome. Don't get me wrong. Cause like, you know, you've got awesome characters in there. Like, uh, you know, Mr. X, you have warlord, Warlord Ghoul, which is a mixture of Rachel Ghoul and Warlord Krang. Um, Apocalypso, which is Eclipso and, and Apocalypse. Um, but my potentially my favorite character is Captain Marvel, who is a mixture of Captain Marvel from DC and oh, Captain, Captain Marvel, Marvel from, from Marvel. <laughs> because during that time, they both shared the name. They didn't have the yeah. lawsuit. They didn't. So they just mixed them together. So it's just it's And like this is this is Captain Marvel. No, it's just Captain Back when Marvel. Captain Yeah. Well, Marvel specifically when yes. he was uh well 
when it was Guy. Yeah, so... Yeah, yes, 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 yes. Marvel of the Cree. So this is... The Captain Marvel is William Marvel, who is just a kid who shouts the word Cree and transforms <laughs> just like Captain Marvel does into I'm a much... I'm gonna Cree. It's so... It, it, he's literally just the same character, except he's green um, now. Also on that team is... Hawkeye, which is a mixture of Green Arrow and Hawkeye. Oh no, these are just uh, uh, these are this is just the JLA. This is just the Judgment League Avengers. The JLX are like literally just no, the no. This this is the JLX because they end up um fighting uh well the <laughs> they have their own specific series that is actually kind of like pretty well fleshed out but like by the end of it um they have one of their original team members firebird who is a mixture of fire and um phoenix go rogue and become dark firebird uh and oh no create um they <laughs> they create the hellfire league of injustice um which i i don't remember the other members in there i believe mistress maxima is in there uh who is Wanda Maxima and someone else that I can't remember, but um, <laughs> what they do is they summon a giant demon named Finn Fang Flame to, <laughs> to kill all meta mutants, as they are known as in the in their whole in their amalgam universe. And so Fing Fang Flame's immediate response is to just kill the entire Hellfire League. My goodness. And then they have to uh and then the Judgment League Avengers and JLX have to team up together to to beat down Fin Fang Flame. A lot of these were kind of, a lot of these were really crazy. Um, what are someone was on something when they made these? Yeah, there's so many different. Uh, there's so many different ones. We have Wonder Woman, which is literally it's just Storm, because Diana does exist in this universe. She's just a jealous daughter because Storm got brought in and she's a mutant. So it's just automatically better. She becomes Wonder Woman. Um, we have... Oh, gosh. Uh, where is... We have Blaze Allen, who is a combination... Blaze Allen, the speed demon. This just sounds really cool. It's a combination between Barry Allen, Ghost Rider, Johnny Blaze, and Etrigan. And Ooh. it's just literally, it, it, it's literally just uh, the go, like fast Ghost Rider, which is just super OP. Um, we don't have, forget about the Doom Knot though, which is a mixture of Doomsday and Juggernaut. <laughs> who is this? <laughs> There's the Green Skull. Which is a mixture of Lex Luthor and the Red Skull. Oh, and of course, who could forget 
Moonwing, uh, which is a character from Bruce Wayne, Agent of Shield. Um, yeah, that's weird. That br- that so there's that a couple. There's both. There's a couple characters like this that there's some characters that are like amalgams of multiple people. Like I just said, Speed Demon was three people. Doctor Strange Fate is like three people, but then you have people like John Johns, who is a whole different guy like he he's from mars but he's a martian of the race the kree and he's supposed to have aspects of both john john's a kree a kree scroll a scroll and professor xavier we have people who are like multiple aspects the way that it's explained is that their soul is combined together not not for some people apparently because Mm -hmm. we also have dark claw logan wayne and then we have Bruce Wayne. Yeah. Both of who, um, both of which apparently have dead parents. Yeah, and he also, uh, much like Bruce Wayne, he has a dead sidekick who's turned um, villain uh, named Deathlock, which is a mixture of Jason Todd and um, Deathlock and Midnight, apparently. That is actually really cool. Um... But fighting alongside Bruce Wayne, we have the Black Bat, uh, uh, Barbara Hardy, Batgirl and Black Cat, and then Moonwing, Nightwing and Moon Knight getting mixed Moonwing together. Moonwing actually looks really cool. That's a pretty nice... like. Oh, Moonwing just, looks sick. That could honestly just be a Moon Knight costume. Um... There's a there's a couple there's a couple other ones. The last one that I want to talk about before we move on a little bit is uh, for one uh, really quick. We got Lobo the Duck, which is just Howard the Duck and Lobo. Um, but I want to talk about Harold Stark, one of probably next to Dark Claw and Super Soldier and Doctor Strange Fate is probably the most recognizable Malcolm character. Mm-hmm. And probably, uh, honestly, I think is like the most well-known, especially after uh, the hype of the MCU, is that Harold Stark is a combination between uh, Hal Jordan and uh, Tony Stark. So it's a very similar origin story to Hal Jordan and Tony's, where Hal Jordan, or Harold Stark, is in a aviation accident where he crashes alongside... Uh, a spaceship that is containing a green lantern. So it also seems like green lanterns in this amalgam universe just function the same. Like they, they function almost identically uh, to how they normally do because we have two green lantern characters and they just the normal willpower type thing. But Harold is hurt in the accident uh, and the lantern, who I believe is literally just still Aubin Sir, I could be wrong. Uh, uh, Roman Sir, Roman Sir, Roman, who is the guy who sacrifices himself so Tony Stark can make it out of the cave, gives him the lantern. Uh. 
Yes, and then he designed a suit of armor out of the alien technology, used the battery to power himself, uh, and the suit uh, allowed him to survive, and it created the Iron Lantern, who pretty much has both the powers of... It doesn't really have the abilities of a normal Iron Man suit, be it if it was a modern amalgam, it probably would. But it's pretty much just Iron Man with Green Lantern abilities, um, but with Tony Stark's attitude and charisma. Uh, and apparently, it's po- I forgot about this, it's powered by Oa the Living Planet, which is just Oa the Planet and Ego. Um, which is it's cool. Oh. He fights against Madame Sapphire, which is a combination between Madame Hydra and Star Sapphire. Um, and yeah, I think he's pretty pretty well known. Uh, did you did you did you did you think of something? No, it's just I forgot that that character <laughs> that Ego and Oa mixed together was a. Yeah, there's this just has so much so the amalgam comics lasted uh uh from april 1996 to may 1996 with the release of amazon who was a combination between storm and wonder woman assassins which was a combination between uh dare and deathstroke his uh, along with his daughter rose and daredevil uh which was a yeah deathstroke his daughter rose daredevil uh, Cat's Eye, which was an amalgam of Electra and Catwoman. Uh, Bruce Wayne, Agent of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, which was apparently Bruce Wayne and Nick Fury. Man. Uh, Bullets and Bracelets, which was an amalg- amalgamation of Punisher and Steve Trevor, uh, which also had some stuff with Wonder Woman, Doctor Strange Fate, uh, the JLX, and the Legends of Dark Claw, Magneto, and the Magnet Men. Oh, it's Magneto and Will Magnus. That's interesting. If you didn't know, Will Magnus was the creator of the Metalman. Mm-hmm. Um, which this entire comic book's about the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants and the Metalman being one, one thing. Uh, Speed Demon, Spider Boy, Super Soldier, and X Patrol, which was X Force and Doom Patrol. God, that just sounds like the 90s. Um, all of these were one shot series uh, from April to May, like I said. And. After that, we get a continuation of DC vs. Marvel, where uh, we get the conclusion in which... uh, A conclusion in which um, Access, or Axel, was able to separate uh, the brothers uh, with the help of the other Amalgam heroes. uh, And, uh, yeah... Pretty much, I think the what's explained is that pieces of uh, the universes, uh, the pieces of the universes were stored in like represented characters, uh, and that the amalgam universe was, I believe, the amalgam universe by the powers of Doctor Strange Fate were created as its own separate universe to live along itself. Um, I could be wrong about that. 
Um, yeah. The pieces of the universe were given to the Spectre and the Living Tribunal to restore the universes. Uh, yeah. And that was the end of the Amalgam comics. I want to say there was a sequel to this, but I could be wrong. And after researching it, I don't think that it ever happened again. Um, but there was something that did happen later on where uh, we got in June 1997, we got uh, a combination. Uh, we got some more combinations, a couple other one shots. Uh, which included Bat Thing, a combination between Man Thing, Man Thing and Bat, Man Bat. Gosh, Challengers of the Fantastic, which was a combination between Challengers of the Known Known and the Fantastic Four, uh, the Dark Claw Adventures, uh, the Exciting X Patrol, Generation Hex, which was a mixture between Jonah Hex and Generation X, uh, which Generation X is a team of X Men characters. Uh, we got Iron Lantern, uh, JLX Unleashed, Lobo the Duck, Magneto, uh, Magnum Men featuring Magneto, Spider Boy Team Up, uh, and Super Soldier Man of War, and Thorian the God of Asgods. <laughs> Thorian of the New Asgods. So, which was a combination between Thor and Orion. So, uh, this event was crazy. I was not alive during it, but I can only imagine that the combination between mm -hmm. the most popular rivaling comic book companies banding together with both writers, illustrators, uh, and storyboarders to make a half a year presentation of their characters together was amazing. Nothing like that. If something like that were to come out today, I it, it unex, un, unimaginable amounts of hype would come out of it. Um, and the the amalgam universe. Um, all in all, if you had to, uh, uh, a couple questions, I guess. Uh, your favorite mm -hmm. amalgam. If you had to choose. If I had to choose, probably just Dark Claw. Something about him is just, it's just a perfect time capsule of exactly what the 90s was trying to push for characters. Mm-hmm. Um. What about you? If I had to choose, um... Sorry, I, I was trying to research if, the, if there was a sequel to this. Because um, I swear to God that there was. On to Wikipedia. Um, no, there wasn't. Okay. Um, honestly, if I had to choose, it has to be between Spider-Boy or... Uh, Whatchamacallit. Between Spider-Boy or... We literally just talked about one. 
What's his? I, I, I forget. Uh, Iron Lantern. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just think it's really cool. Big, big Lantern fan. You know that. Um, I just think it'd be cool to see it in like a more modern setting because like Tony has like crazy suits now. Um. It, it was very impactful. So much so that Marvel. I'm 99% sure they took inspiration from this past work of Amalgam Comics and brought us one of the most interesting, maybe not too sought after events in Marvel history uh, a couple years ago. I think around five years ago at this point, um, uh, which was the uh, event where Gamora um, folded the universe in half. Uh, and created... Um, oh, when she got the Infinity Gauntlet? Mm-hmm. Uh, when she got the Infinity Gauntlet, killed Thanos, uh, and... Uh, uh, oh, my gosh. Sorry. Um, when she folded the universe in half, putting two souls into one body, and creating the warp world. Uh which was pretty much the Amalgam comics, but condensed to just the Marvel Universe. Um, which honestly created some even wackier characters. Um, but she sealed these souls into the Soul Stone. This is a whole... This could be a whole another episode. But just to give a brief uh, synopsis, uh, she did this... Much like in the Amalgam Universe, people became sentient that this wasn't correct. It was stopped, but uh, what had happened at the end of that event is that deep within the Soul Stone, uh, the Warp Worlds does exist because the concern that these hu- these like beings right that were amalgamations of other people still were like still sentient life. So taking away their universe and their lives would be cruel and just unreasonable. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it created my fucking favorite comic book character, Arachnite, and I just absolutely love him. So, but yeah, that um, it was a very abridged <laughs> uh, overview, just chat about the Amalgam universe from us because. This was literally a giant comic book event from the 90s. And, you know, if you're interested in it, go read it. There, it's There's resources out there. Um, and, yeah, I, you, do you have any more final thoughts? Uh, nothing, really. They're really fun reads. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's one of the most bizarre... Uh, Marvel or DC, I guess Marvel and DC is a better way to say it. Things that has happened. Um. <laughs> yeah, there's so many, there's so many look wacky things and seeing how these characters combine together and just how some of them, some of them work and then some of them are just like, yeah, that's, that's a thing. Uh, uh, of course, Captain Marvel. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> Captain Marvel and Captain Marvel make Captain Marvel. Um, yeah, 
I, I definitely don't disagree with it. Yeah, but yeah, I think that's that's just about it. Um, I guess um, yeah. Uh, any final thoughts before we head out? That's all from me. All right. Well, thank you guys for listening to today's episode of the podcast. Next episode, which should be uh, the beginning of April for us, uh, is going to be recorded after we go see the Mario movie. And I experienced some fun times up in New York at the Nintendo store. Uh, It's going to be a Nintendo theme episode. So hopefully we have way more news than we do usually about Nintendo products and such. Um, actually, the other day was Mario Day. Um, it's true. It was Mario Day. They had exclusive a Switch deal that if you bought a normal price Switch, you got to choose from uh, any Mario, full price Mario title. Uh, which included Odyssey, Mario Kart, or any of the sports games, I believe. So, yeah, I think that's just a bundle that's happening. Sweet. It's just a you can just claim it. It's like a clo- it's like a code or like they give you seventy dollars worth of credits or something like that. Because that's what video games are now, Vincent. Credits? No seventy dollars. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um but actually, uh if you're listening to this still, thank you. Uh if you go onto the Nintendo shop, you can buy a game voucher for a hundred dollars that gives you two vouchers for any full priced game, which includes all of the seventy dollar games. So I would advise doing that before they change that. Uh so you, you know, save forty dollars? Yeah, pretty much. Huh. Yeah. Um, All right. It, it was a much less of a deal when games were sixty bucks a piece, but you know when we get AAA games that are sixty, seventy dollars now, especially after DLC and battle passes. So, um, yeah. Um, thanks for listening. If you want to get connected with us, you can reach us at our Twitter handles. I am at lying underscore mask. I'm Vincent Barlow eight. And you can reach both of us at Domestic BF Pod on Twitter. Thank you to Ultimate Africa X for our artwork as always. Thank you guys for listening, and we will catch you next time. Stay beautiful, everyone.